When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. I am so glad you could join us once again this week for Charged Up Studio. I'm Dana Olivo, your host for today's podcast and CEO of Marketatomy, LLC. Today, my guest is, is someone that's going to bring a lot of excitement into our lives. Things that we don't think about or hear about or hear so um, our guest today is Bill Gertie, and he is known as the 800-pound gorilla of peak performance. He's a 30-year sales and marketing expert who has trained the ticket sales departments of over 100 professional sports teams in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. He started his career as an online radio talent at the age of 16. My goodness, you just beat that age limit, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Not sure anybody else knew I was working, but I was there. He moved into advertising sales and became sales manager and ultimately general manager of a small market radio station in the Chicago area. He began a solo career as a professional speaker and trainer in 2004 and started a virtual training company for sports and entertainment executives with several partners in 2017. Last year, he saw what was happening to millions of professionals around the world during the pandemic and created his first keynote presentation called The Seven Voices in Your Head. His Seven Voices movement was created to help people hear, recognize, and minimize the effects of the negative voices inside their head and to implement simple strategies to make positivity a life choice every day. Well, Bill, welcome to Charged Up (laughs) Studio. Oh my goodness. I'm anxious to hear what this is all about. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm grateful for the invitation, Dana, and I'm so grateful for those listeners that you have that may be struggling themselves. I mean, this pandemic has not been easy for anyone, uh, including someone whose livelihood was made selling sports tickets, uh, whose life essentially went away overnight. So I'm happy to share. Yep. And I think that's the way it happened with a lot of different companies. You know, sports ticket sales, you know, uh, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier um, oh, um, the actor, actor, actresses studios, you know, a lot of them just basically went away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fine arts, the entertainment world, everyone suffered in different ways. Certainly restaurants and everyone else here with the small business community that you have, 
was no stranger to that. And so I can truly relate to that as an, a solopreneur myself, uh, having built a practice on being able to go to teams for two or three days at a time and train their ticket salespeople. Well, no one was traveling, no one was selling any tickets, no one was sitting in the stadiums. And so what was I to do? And that really, really it, it's because of that that the Seven Voices movement was born. And certainly now with sports coming back, I have this Seven Voices uh, talk as a part of my portfolio now, so. Well, interesting. My husband and I went to just one baseball game um, it was a Mets game over in Tampa. And what mm -hmm. really surprised us is they had no will call uh, windows, anything. You had to get your tickets through online and their internet was not the best. And we, re uh, as business owners, we ran into a lot of the same issues transitioning into uh, a virtual environment when the technology couldn't keep up with the demand. Yeah, there was so much pent up demand for this and we were getting there. This phone in my hand here was going to be the wave of the future and has been growing steadily ever since. What the pandemic did was hasten the departure of some of the old ways. And now we're seeing touchless and cashless events all around the world. In fact, there's all 30 NFL teams have announced that they are now cashless and uh, will indeed have, well, I think the only one is the Chicago Bears. They've decided that they're going to be cash as an option but everyone else has gone to these cashless programs, which we're going to be in our world anyway. It just sped it up another five or 10 years. Yeah, no, I was, I was reading an article this morning um, about different trends that are happening here uh, and across the world. And yeah. even the foods that you order, okay? Not from Walmart or Publix or anything like that. You now can order specialty online meals and they're completely touchless exactly right. You pull up, you do whatever you'd like to do. It's right there. And I think that for a certain slice of Americans and perhaps around the world, this is something they prefer. And so any small business that is looking to cater to a larger segment of the audience may really wish to consider what others are doing and not necessarily competitors. Any idea that happens to make things easier for a consumer is really something you ought to look into and, and see if it's not something that you could perhaps benefit from or, very importantly, Dana, something you might do as partner with someone else that has the technology or the ability to do that which you cannot do. And you're absolutely right. As a strategist, one of the, um, of the things that I do teach my clients about is watching those market trends. Now, naturally, the pandemic wasn't something that we could really predict happening. You know, even watching those trends, it happened so fast. But now as a result of what has happened, there are yeah. a lot of trends that are changing that possibly we can capitalize on as business. Absolutely. Owners. You know, either yes. like then, you said, through partnering or, you know. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, and, and we had an issue in sports and, and there's, mm -hmm. there is still an issue going on in sports where the individuals who liked the way it was will continue to want to be a part of this, you know, the fabric of sports. They want to be able to, to participate the way they did before. Many people who are season ticket holders and others love to collect the paper tickets that were a part of a sports experience. So there was a, a souvenir nature to those that has gone away now with paperless. And so a certain percentage of season ticket holders really demanded up until very recently that they get 
paper tickets. Many teams have now moved away from that and they've gradually moved away and they've made it so that it's almost punitive if you really want the paper tickets. And you can be a season ticket holder, but if you want the paper tickets, it'll cost you say $500 more. Wow. And so uh, they've made it so that it's almost impossible for someone to say yes to the paper side. We were trending in that direction anyway. Now it's, it's almost right. a foregone conclusion. If you don't have a phone, you're probably not getting into a sporting event. Is what I have found and what I've heard from talking to a lot of people out there with what's happened and moving into more of a, a touchless virtual environment and everything is there's a lot of positive positivity that goes with that because me personally I was spending so much time on the road going to meet my clients and go to networking meetings I'm so much more productive doing it in front of my computer now naturally I got to get up and remind myself to get up and walk around periodically or else I'm planted here for eight nine ten hours a day <laughs> but um, there's really a lot of uh, positive aspects to it but there's a lot of negative as well so let's oh, get let's let's move on to what we're going to be talking about today. Talk a little bit about what your uh, first. What is the eight hundred pound gorilla? <laughs> the eight hundred pound gorilla is my company that I started about fifteen years ago as I began on my solo journey in training and in speaking. Uh, I looked for a name for the company that I wanted to create, and I wanted it to be helping people become more dominant in what they do and. In some research that I had done, there was a term that was used in the 50s to describe companies in the U.S. that were so big and bold and dominant that there was no way anyone could compete with them. Companies like General Motors and IBM, people that just could not be reckoned with. You couldn't put it even on a smaller scale. And so it became a term that was used in the news media. And I have used it to help me define my company as the ability I have to help someone become the dominant player in whatever it is that they do. And so much of my work has been involved in professional sports, but I have branched out into several other areas of a small business even, uh, helping them to define who they are and become a more dominant player in the market they serve. So how do you go about helping them? Is this where the seven voices comes in or... Well, the Seven Voices is actually a separate entity, but my umbrella company, the 800 Pound Gorilla, is what I use to be able to describe all of the things that I'm involved with. The, the book that I had written several years ago called The 800 Pound Gorilla of Sales, How to Dominate Your Market, was really going well and, and has been a, a textbook in several business departments within major universities. But when this thing hit 18 months ago, I was just hit right between the eyes. Uh, and many of the listeners now will relate to this. I really did not know where to turn. Uh, I certainly got to know Zoom pretty well and got to know some of the other tools uh, that we now take for granted almost. But I had to find a way in which to work differently and to be okay with shedding some of the things that I had done before. Uh, as a trainer, I had been a member of the National Speakers Association and had taken my craft of speaking very seriously but I had never done a keynote address. Uh, I never felt as though I had a keynote in me at the time, but during the time of COVID, I felt as though I needed to bring some of the research to the forefront that I had been doing for the last 15 years with the clients that I served. And that were essentially the ticket sales departments, young people traditionally that become a part of the sales department of these sports teams. And I looked at them very closely saying, what is the difference between those who are succeeding wildly 
and those who seem to have an equal amount of talent, but somehow fall off. And so as I did my research, there were seven different buckets that seemed to come up time and time again. Seven different things that were getting in the way, and they were all things inside people's heads. And so hence the, the, the moniker that I came up with, the seven voices in your head, and I came up with a very unique way in which to bring those forth uh, for people to recognize and, and to enjoy the presentation uh, with some multimedia and some, uh, I wouldn't call it theatrics, but just some surprise and delight sort of moments within the discovery of each of these seven voices. Okay, okay. So who is this seven voices designed for? You know, many have said, well, gee, is this only for sports folks? And I would say exactly the opposite. It's probably for everyone, including sports folks. The, the people that have been involved in challenges with regard to COVID and the things that they've had to deal with locked up in their homes and not being able to do the things they've loved or enjoyed, particularly being out with other people, has really done some damage. We are at a crossroads right now in mental health around the world. And many people will not accept the help that they so desperately need because they look at it as weakness. Uh, people at work, perhaps, if they happen to take advantage of whatever plans they have to be able to include mental health, have chosen not to do it because they don't want to be perceived as someone that's unpromotable, uh, that they would be weaker than perhaps someone else. And so it, it may be more of a macho thing, but it's not relegated only to males to say that I need help. Well, the, the coaching has been more of a thing that people would gravitate to rather than therapy per se. But right. for those generally who need help, sometimes it need, you need a little bit of a recognition of what's there. And so the talk that I created, The Seven Voices in Your Head, is really designed to bring to the forefront those things that may be holding people back, either that they can recognize in themselves or maybe that they've never recognized before and show them simple steps and techniques that they may be able to do themselves to be able to right the ship, to be able to move those voices in a more positive direction, to be able to achieve more positive mental health and thereby achieve more peak performance in their lives. That's, that's interesting because I've been, I've had a few guests on the podcast and we've been talking quite a bit about this, you know, about uncovering what is the root cause of a lot of these voices. You know, yes. what, rather than those surface, those surface examples that we might give COVID, you know, or I'm depressed or anything like that, what is the root cause and how do you get rid of that? So let's talk a little bit about how you approach these seven voices. Well, if, you, if I may, what I may do is just kind of go into the presentation that I give, starting with the first voice, and I'll allow you to stop me at any time and ask okay. any questions if you'd like. So if, okay. if, if I may, uh, allow me to introduce you to the first voice here. Wow, they have such a nice car. That is such a great outfit. I'm so jealous. Look at what they're eating, and they're so skinny. How does that happen? Does that sound familiar, perhaps, to, to some folks? Well, actually, it's I am the voice of comparison. Envy is a subset, of course, of comparison. It is the comparison of one to the other. We do it all day long. We look at people driving on the road next to us and compare our cars to this person next. We look at our, road, our, our houses and the, the yards next door, if they happen to be greener or have fewer toys strewn around and maybe be more organized or a better garden than we might have. We're looking at, if people are looking at Zoom screens all day long, they're looking at their Zoom backgrounds and comparing one to the other and seeing who's more professional. Yeah. Makeup. 
<laughs> the terrible, it, it, science actually calls it the terrible twos. And, uh, and not T-W-O, but T-O-O. And it sounds something like this. I'm too slow. Too uneducated. Too short. Too indecisive. Too, too average. Too picky. Too impatient. Too quiet. Too clumsy. Too critical. Too smart for my own good. Everyone Everybody else gets, gets more, more likes than me. than me. I wish I still had a full head of hair like him. I'm still single and she's getting married. Again! So it, it, as we look at science and the way they see this, they now say that 10% of our thoughts, up to 10%, are comparison thoughts every day. And of course, you know what's made it worse, right? Where, do you know where the number one place that this is, comparison is taking shape? The bathroom mirror? No, 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 not the bathroom mirror. Social media. That's been the problem more often than not. Anybody ever looked up, well, Danny, have you ever looked on Facebook and you knew that person that was on there and you looked at the picture and you said, this is not their perfect life. These are not their perfect kids. I know who they are. It's not like Facebook. It's more like fake book. Yeah. And all of us have to deal with that. Now, wait a minute. What about all those salespeople you train? Don't they have to compare themselves to some standard of performance? Well, it's a good point, and it's something that I talk about all the time. Many of the salespeople I train have something like this in their office. This is called a hustle board. And as we see here, for those who are listening in, I'll, I'll describe this. On the left-hand side, the hustle board has the name of all the salespeople, and then on the right-hand side are all of the different kinds of products that they may be selling throughout the week or the month. And in this case, in a, a sports ticket sales department, they might be club seats or reserved seats or the suite rentals that they have with the total revenue on the far left side. Now, if you work in sales, this is wonderful. You love the intense competition and you love to be able to see yourself on top. But this isn't how everybody is wired. In fact, I'm sure there are a few people listening saying, I'm really glad I don't see that hustle board because it would give me a, a, I would start to tremble thinking about my name on there. But everyone responds to that differently. And the voice of comparison might sound different for you than it does for someone else. And in fact, what I, with these voices that you hear, I actually call them the brain invaders. Those things inside your head that get to you and, and might just hold you back from being the best of who you are. And so the kinds of things that I suggest are one, starting with what we call mini milestones, those little things that you can build up to to be able to get to where you need to go. Many people who run, and if you're one of those, Dana, that runs, I know there are many people that run, you know, I, and I'm not a runner, so I, I, the, my distance is from my house to the mailbox. But I know for many people, it's a step process. You don't start a 26 mile marathon by running 26 miles. You have to begin by working out or doing up to a specific amount. So the people who want to start this, and you start and you think, oh my gosh, I can't run 20 miles. I'll never be able to run a marathon they want to be able to do this in stages. So if you want to do something, do it in stages. Start with 10 or 15 minutes at a time and work up to that. And after time, you will get there. So you want to clear the bar at whatever level you can today and keep raising the bar a little bit higher each time? Yes, yes, the voice gets it. Now, number two happens to be what I call be a secret seeker. Look for those things that people do that are those ways in which they have achieved what they do, and you might be able to achieve a portion of that success using that secret. Uh, this is uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, for those people who I'm, I'm showing on the screen yeah, now, the yeah. fixer-uppers here. Well, these guys have pretty much turned over Waco, Texas into one of the top tourist destinations in the U.S. Uh, have you been to Magnolia? Do you know the store? Magnolia? 
Yes, their store, that's their big store in Waco, Texas. I was. No, but I watch okay. The Fixer Upper all the time. I like that show. I like the relationship oh. between them. <laughs> it's really unique. And what they've done really well is show people how to have extraordinary results with fairly ordinary things. But you have to be able to do it in the right way. You don't use duct tape and Bondo to be able to get that done. You have to be able to do it in a way that really shows off what it is that they want to achieve. And so you have to do it the right way. And so in this case, the secrets that you may wish to look for to be able to get a home to where you want it to be are something that Chip and Joanna are very good at showcasing. If you wish to be good at something else, what little secrets can you take away from who you know or what you've observed that you might be able to help yourself get to that point maybe a little bit faster. So you might be better at golf if you had clubs that weren't from the 1980s. Well, yeah, I suppose you'd want to have that if you, you know, wanted to be able to, to get better at golf. No, I was talking to you. You'd be a better golfer if your clubs weren't so old. Now, wait a minute. How about, have you been in my garage? I am your voice of comparison. <sighs> All right. Well, the third thing is where we want to go next, and that's to get real. Sometimes we compare ourselves way too inadvertently to someone that will never, ever be. And so we, what we want to do is to be able to compare ourselves realistically. My wife has had a huge crush on Brian Urlacher of the Chicago Bears ever since we've been married. Now, you know, we are, we're a big Bears fan. She makes no secret about this. We have a fan cave that's got that's a few big posters. That's her fantasy husband, right? That is her fantasy husband. It's a great way to look at that, Dan. Now, you know, I'm looking at this and I am never ever gonna be Brian Urlacher. Thank goodness he got hair because she really thought he was way sexier with hair. And so now he looks better to Mrs. Urlacher than to Mrs. Gertine. So that's a really good thing. But if I had to compare myself to this, I would have a serious inferiority complex. So what I've done is I've taken some things that I know she really appreciates, and that's a good cologne, and to be able to wear that on a regular basis. So that's the kind of thing that I can do because I'm never gonna be Brian Urlacher. And for more other people that want to perhaps start to be a chef or want to start cooking, you know, it's a little unrealistic to think that you're going to be the next master chef right out of the blocks. You might want to start by saying, I think I'm going to be the, I'm going to cook the best meal my family has ever had tonight. Or in some cases it might be, I'm going to cook the best, the first meal my family has ever had tonight. So you want to be able to start somebody to be able to get real. And Compare so, yourself realistically. I like that. That's right. So. We want to take a look at all three of these when we're looking at the voice of comparison. Choose mini milestones, little things that you can get along a little at a time to feel progress happening. Be a secret seeker. Look for those things that can help you get along a little faster that others have used effectively. And then third is to get real. Don't compare yourself unrealistically to others, but look at some things that you might be able to achieve on a more realistic basis. So that allows you to see at least the first of seven yeah. places. And that's very interesting, Bill, because when I work with my clients as a strategist, a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm telling them the same things, okay? First, you want to, you have a big vision, you have a goal, a very big vision, but you want to break that down into smaller goals. And so by, you know, and, and celebrate at each one of those milestones. You know, and then the next thing you know is you look back and you say, oh my gosh, I've come this far. You know, and then the same thing, I tell them, I says, watch your competition. Watch who's out there. Find out what they're doing that might be right or find out what they're not doing that 
possibly the market is looking for. There's an opportunity for you to take advantage of. So yes, these are all, you know, um, I can see how this all relates not only to personal uh, development, but your business development as well. No question. And the third voice actually has been one of the most prevalent of all. And if I may share that, I don't mean to be skipping along, yep. but I want to be yep. sure that we get to those things that are most relevant to who's listening here today. Uh, number three, I want to go ahead and grab this on here, happens to be this one. The voice of <sighs> inadequacy. Inadequacy happens to be what we now know in the business world as imposter syndrome, where this has been affecting so many people. I can't Those, handle this. Just saying I can't handle it. There's so many things that are going on that people are looking at themselves saying, is this really what I know or is it I'm just being an imposter? And people are living in fear of being found out as a phony. Particularly when the pandemic happened here 15 to 18 months ago, people were looking to leaders to be able to tell them what to do. But the leaders themselves had no answers. And so yeah. to look at that, it was, it was such a challenge. And especially in your small business world, Dana, would you agree? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I suffer from the same thing. You know, I, but yeah, as a strategist, you know, I often question my ability comparing myself to other strategists or, or even uh, when I'm working with a client. A lot of times I'll question, okay, did I give them enough or did I steer them in the right direction? These are all questions that I think we as small business owners, like you said, they're the voices. They're, they're those little minions in the in our mind that are just constantly um, uh, subjecting us to those negative thoughts. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, there's a, almost a shadow side to that as well. When something good does happen. Those who suffer from imposter syndrome sometimes will downplay their success yep. because they don't feel as though they're worthy of that. I actually call it the butt factor. And <laughs> to have that kick in, B-U-T, uh, to be able to have that, you might say, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've done really well with, with something and then... But I still don't have a degree. You know, they get a promotion and they still don't have a degree. Uh, they make it onto a, a sports team of some type. But I can't play defense very well. You know, no. they finally potty trained their child. But it, it took three months and 29 rolls of paper towels. Not so toilet paper. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And so you get to that point where, you know, you don't feel as though you can handle anything or feel as though you can accept some of the praise that's given to you when it is that you've earned it. And so this has become a serious problem and will continue to be as we grow forward here out of this pandemic. No, uh, I... There I, are... Yeah, Please. I fully agree with you. You know, there's some, um, I keep a little note next to me right here. It says, believe and receive. Okay. And that's primarily because my belief system isn't what, what falters during this. I feel as though, yes, I can do anything I want to. But when it gets to a point where I've worked for it and I'm ready to receive it, I sabotage myself. Yes. And by sabotaging and myself, and the real reason behind that sabotage is because if I went ahead and accepted and received the reward for what I've been working for, I'll have to deliver. Uh-huh. 
You see? Yes. So these and you'd are be open things. to more scrutiny. Yes. yes. You would have that. You'd have to be somehow criticized for gaining this somehow knowledge or, or this uh, achievement that you've had. And, and so sometimes right. people will shut down. So and we have suffered and you've seen yep. a lot of that, I'm sure, with the small businesses you work with. And that's exactly it. You know, these, you know, my small business owners, you know, my micro business owners, you know, what they're doing is they're seeing all these numbers of failed businesses out there and they're seeing all of the negativity and the, the lack of help that they're getting. And they're automatically in their minds thinking, well, there's just no way I'm going to be able to continue this, you know, right. or in the beginning, they're very, very excited and motivated, but they quickly realize what they took on and start thinking, I, I say they're suffering from OPA, you know, is a term my husband came up with. Okay. OPA is a matter of becoming so overwhelmed that you become paralyzed and you ultimately avoid doing what you need to do in hopes that it's going to take care of itself. Wow. Yeah. You know? Very insightful. Yeah. So well, well, in, uh, in this particular talk, I actually have three ways in which people might be able to address that. And if I may, I'll go ahead and share yeah. those with you. Uh, the first being kick your butts. Uh, it's the way that I describe it, that if, if you're going to be out there and, and say you're, you're looking for a new job and you happen to say, well, you know, I'm, I could look for a new job, but there's really nothing out there that fits my recommendation, my requirements. But rather than saying that, it's, well, I am going to look for a job and, and not but, and when I find it, I'll be much happier than I am today. And so you have to be able to kick those butts. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Reframing. I want to go out and get into a, a romantic relationship with someone because I'm there, but I'm afraid to get hurt versus saying, you know, I, I really want a new romance in my life. And when I get it, it's going to be awesome. And so you have to be able to just eliminate the word, but from your vocabulary. The second part of that is to use another word substitution to use yet to get. And this is a very common thing when people start in, and many people started new hobbies during the pandemic, like the guitar. A lot of people started guitar playing or some musician thing during that. And, and you might criticize yourself saying, I'm not a really good guitar player when they start playing. But if you use the word yet, I'm not a good guitar player yet, you're able to then move forward past that. And that's one of the things that I help people to be able to do in this program. And then number three is really important to understand that it is not just you. There's a whole lot of other people in this that are going through the same thing you are. And it's not simply something that you are dealing with. It's so many others are a part of this. And you don't want to make anyone feel as though that's a part of something that only belongs to them. So it, uh, the three things we deal with is kick your butts, use yet to get, and it's not just you. This is, this is fascinating, Bill. I'm really enjoying this. Would you be willing to come back for a, um, a webinar? Sure. Whatever you'd like to do. I'm happy to be able to oblige. In fact, okay. the voice probably would you too. You know, I feel better already. <laughs> no, definitely. This is something I'd love to see you get into all seven of the voices and just kind yes. of, you know, help my, my listeners understand and, and realize they're not alone. They're not alone in what they're going through and give them some tips on how they can, you know, uh, move past these, these negative, uh, negative voices in their head. You bet. 
you bet. No, I'm happy to help that. And in fact, if you'd like, I can uh, kind of share what the, the seven are so that to give it a little bit of a preview as to Definitely. what may be coming, if it would be good for you. Well, comparison is the first. We've already talked about that, not comparing yourself uh, incorrectly. Inadequacy, we've just gone through, and that's the imposter syndrome that many of people are suffering is to understand that sometimes it's word choices that can help get in the way. And the biggest thing is to understand it's not just you. The voice of regret is another. I should have done this. I should have done that. And, and, and the, the saying, I, oh, I can't believe that that was something I did. And, and to live with that pain uh, is something we all need to move forward on. Uh, the voice of genetics, actually thinking you were born with the wrong set of genes or the wrong skill set, uh, that you must grow beyond that because many, many people that did not have the, that were born on the wrong side of the tracks actually succeeded despite whoever they were born into the family, the wrong family or the right family. Uh, failure is the fifth, which really has more of, of the, the fear factor in this, but so afraid of having to fail once again and, and to pick yourself back up. Uh, and, and there are some specific ways we can talk about being able to do that. The voice of guilt is number six, the ability that someone has to, to lose this cycle of guilt that we go through, which is really based on inaction than action. By stewing in your own guilt, sometimes you can make it far, far worse going forward. And we explore that in number six. And then the seventh, and maybe the most difficult to talk about, is heartbreak. When someone has had a tragic loss, either a loss of a job, a loved one, uh, a bad breakup in a relationship, whatever that happens to be, to know what will happen next is really important. And to recognize and to actually honor your pain first and to let it out is a very important part of the grieving process. And we go into that a bit much more as we get into all of the other voices. So hopefully that was helpful for your listeners to be able to know what the seven are and how we might delve into those a little more. Definitely, locally. definitely. No, it's this is fascinating to me. You know, um, so... Well, you heard it here, folks. Bill's going to come back and he's going to do one of his webinars uh, through marketacademy.academy. Sure. And uh, I recommend that you go to the academy, marketacademy.academy. Look under our calendar of events to find out when that webinar will be happening. I'll have to manage to get that in, in time or in place before Bill leaves us today. <laughs> So we're coming up on the end of another episode. Um, Bill, one of the, um, what can you, what kind of last minute tips can you leave with our listeners here? You know, I, I will share with you, I'm going to turn 60 next month. Not a, a secret to say that. I'm no spring chicken when it comes to the business world. And, and you know, for many others, young and old that have gone through this, they have suffered through nearly the very same things. Uh, the, the pain of loss of, of some lifestyle or individual or business that they've loved for many, many years. And I have to say, as I reinvented myself, I created this whole home studio that you see here for those who are on video, uh, some other things that I've had to reinvent myself doing. Uh, I felt as though I almost couldn't do this, that yeah. I, was, I really was more over the hill for this. But what I've found is a, a real vigor and almost a reinvigoration of what I do in, in a reinvention. And I would just say like every other period of life, there is this moment where you feel as though you're so struggling and, and you're almost like in quicksand, you can't get there. And, and if I might encourage each of your listeners to see this, it's okay to struggle as long as you recognize the pain and struggle you're going through, recognize it does not define you and to move forward in the way that feels good for you 
based on some outside information that you might have and the drive that you have to achieve what it is you really want for yourself and for your family. Well, this pandemic has definitely challenged us over the last 18 months or so. Um, I know prior to the pandemic, I was out there meeting everybody. Pandemic hit, everything stopped. Um, I'd always wanted to bring my IP, all my courses, my everything that I taught my clients online. It just happened quicker than I had, you know, planned. You know, luckily I had a a husband with a job, so he could support us because <laughs> I spent a good 16 months pulling that academy together. And um, yeah. so um, with that being said, can you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you or get a hold of your book? Please. I, uh, book is available on Amazon. It is called The 800 Pound Gorilla of Sales. Uh, the correct spelling of my last name is G-U-E-R-T-I-N. You're welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with nearly anyone that requests it. And uh, you may look at the seven voices in your head if you'd like to see some clips of that and know how there's a way in which for you to look a little deeper into that and even perhaps book it for your organization or conference that you may have. And that is at uh, www.the7voices, the number seven, T-H-E-7voices.com. Very good. Very good. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, again, check out marketatomy.com, our calendar of events, to find out when Bill's webinar will be happening. And then also make sure to, to, to leave a review on whatever podcast delivery platform you're listening to us on today, or go to Charged Up Studios' Facebook page and leave a review. With that being said, uh, I welcome you today, and I hope to see everybody back next week. And thank you, Bill, for entertaining us. Bill and his friend. For <laughs> I call them my puppets. Today. Yeah, I have uh, my puppets all of your over puppets, here. Definitely. <laughs> Bye -bye. Yeah, it's been my privilege. Thanks so much. Okay. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.